Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And in today's episode, I want to talk more about, I suppose, what is the main passion and intimacy killer? It's not necessarily a relationship killer, but it it really eliminates a lot of connection in a relationship. It causes a lot of distance in relationships. And it certainly, as I said, really does kill a lot of potential passion and intimacy. So what is that? Well, that is actually engaging in controlling behaviour. And a lot of us don't realise that we actually do engage in controlling behaviour. So I'd really like to encourage you to listen right to the end because it's usually women that have no idea that they're engaging in controlling behaviour that actually do. So I want to run through what some of those behaviours are so that if you feel that you identify with them, then you you know what to do to change that behaviour and to attract more passion and more intimacy in your relationship. Before I actually do that, I just wanted to read um, a poem that I came across because the the opposite to actually engaging in controlling behaviour is actually letting go, letting go of control. And I come across this poem, and I don't know who... um, the actual author of the poem is because it's uh, anonymous, but I thought it was very relevant to what I'll be discussing today. And it's called Let Let Go. To let go does not mean to stop caring. It means I can't do it for someone else. To let go is not to cut myself off. It's the realisation I can't control another. To let go is not to enable but to allow learning from natural consequences. To let go is not to try to change or blame another. It's to make the most of myself. To let go is not to care for, but to care about. To let go is not to try to fix, but to be supportive. To let go is not to judge, but to allow another to be a human being. To let go is not to be in the middle of arranging all the outcomes, but to allow others to affect their own destinies. To let go is not to be protective. It's to permit another to face reality. To let go is to not deny, but to accept. To let go is not to nag, scold or argue, but instead to search search out my own shortcomings and correct them. To let go is not to adjust everything to my desires, but to take each and every day as it comes and cherish myself in it. To let go is not to criticise and regulate anybody, but to try to become what I dream I can be. To let go is not to regret the past, but to grow and live for the future. To let go is not to lose power, but to be open to the power within. To let go is to fear less 
and to love more. Okay, so um, I really do love that poem because it really does sum up, as I said, what this particular episode is going to be all about. And that is, what does it mean to engage in controlling behaviour? Well, firstly, I want to emphasise that it's not your fault if, after hearing this episode, that you recognise yourself as being a controlling woman. Many of you, as I said, will have had no idea that you've been living in in this uh, masculine energy state simply because that's become the norm for you. So it, it might even be very difficult for you to even begin to identify that your own thinking your own language and your own behaviours have been negatively impacting your ability to attract or create or even reignite the passion and intimacy in your previous or current relationship. Usually when we default into our masculine energy energy state, it's because we're feeling threatened, it's because we're feeling the need to keep ourselves safe and protected. And, you know, the, the thing that comes off the back of that is to feel the need to be in control. And that need to be in control comes from a place of fear, which causes us to respond in a particular way. And and what that means is it's, you know, we, we we're trying to either force something to happen or to prevent something from happening. And this fear originates from our past. So I want you to think for a minute, can you identify what this fear is and where it came from? For example, for me, I can easily, you know, relate to this. I've been through times when I've been controlling, especially in my relationship with my ex-husband. And certainly I recognise myself defaulting into that state now and again, even today. So, you know, sometimes um, it doesn't go away completely. (laughs) Um, But, you know, for me now, I have got the awareness to notice when it shows up and, you know, when you've got that awareness and you notice when it shows up, you can do something about changing that behaviour. So for me, the obvious example, if you if you know my story, is that I can easily identify where my fear came from. My fear came from going through the experience of suffering sexual assaults, which happened in my teens. But for you, it, it may be from a different experience. Let me try and think of some examples. It could be from, for example, your parents separating having had a trusted adult break your trust, maybe feeling isolated, bullied or excluded either at school or in the workplace, or even, you know, from the disappearance or death of a a loved one, you know, or somebody that's been close to you, that that's all the types of experiences that can unconsciously make, make us default into our masculine energy state and want to protect ourselves and and then want to control everything and everybody from that from that place and at some point after though those events or that particular event we probably blamed ourselves and, and made the decision in future that we needed to protect ourselves because others couldn't be trusted so by taking control you know it makes us feel safe Uh, And it makes us feel like we're more likely to get our own way. (laughs) And this is why so many of us decided we needed to take charge, to take control, not just of ourselves, but of everything and everyone around us in order to make sure we felt safe, in order to make sure we felt secure, in order to make sure we felt protected. it's, It's like a survival mechanism. 
but that survival mechanism can become an ingrained habit and a way of living. And those of us who are trying to control everything and everyone around us are often the last ones to realise that we're using this controlling behaviour. So instead we try and, uh, <laughs> and I can relate to this, just we, we, we go through phases of justifying our behaviour and telling ourselves that we're trying to either rescue, support, correct, instruct, improve others or do things more efficiently. That's the way we justify it. But what we don't realise is that the need to control comes from a place of fear and wanting to create certainty and a predictable, safe environment or outcome. And unfortunately, this fear feeds our ongoing distrust, which then leads us to not looking at our men as being able to solve problems or make good decisions or even being capable of doing things for themselves. And, you know, I really see so many women who don't even trust the men to do simple chores. You know, they, they end up treating their men almost like young children uh, and they don't even trust them to, you know, do simple things such as pay a bill or babysit the kids or even pick out what to wear for themselves or, or do things like book a restaurant or, or even trust them to be able to prepare a simple meal for themselves. Um, and what other things? Well, yeah, I had one with a woman recently who, you know, around loading the dishwasher, you know, she she would always insist that it needed to be done in a certain way. And the way the word she used was correctly in inverted commas. In other words, the way she does it <laughs> in exactly the same way that that she would do it, it was way that she wanted her husband to do it as if the way he did it was wrong. And it might not be the same as the way she does it, but certainly, you know, when it comes to loading a dishwasher, uh, you know, does it really matter <laughs> how he does it? You know, um, you know, there's no point in falling out over something like that, surely, or, or wanting control over something like that. And the man in this context is the same man who somehow managed to survive for many years on his own, well before they even met, by the way. So, um, you know, it's worth remembering, you know, that our men are perfectly capable creatures. <laughs> they have minds of their own. They may think differently to us. They may behave differently to us and they may speak differently to us, but they are perfectly capable men. But, you know, all this can make us very reactive to any challenges rather than proactive and that can lead us to feelings of overwhelm, frustration and even resentfulness. So what is it that you need to do if you recognise yourself as being in this controlling masculine energy state or you recognise that you have been in this state previously in relationships? Well, I want you to know that people will live up to their labels. So if you keep reinforcing positive statements such as him being totally trustworthy, perfectly capable and thoughtful, guess what? That's what he'll live up to, regardless of his prior behaviour. So if, if you automatically can get into the habit of saying, I know you've got this, you know, I know you're perfectly capable of sorting this out, then, uh, you know, that reinforcement will be something that will positively be ingrained in his mind and he'll he'll definitely want to live up to that and you'll see a massive change in the way he behaves going forward. Whereas if he hears what you're saying under the banner of controlling behaviour, this is what I refer to and I've um, done a, quite a few um, 
episodes around the three C's. And the three C's that I relate to are criticising, complaining and comparing. They all come under the banner of being controlling. So if he hears what you're saying under any of those banners, then what he'll either feel at that moment is the need to defend or or distance himself. So I'm now just going to go on to talking through some typical examples of when women are in controlling masculine energy states and what the results of using that behaviour lead to. Just so you've got an idea of what I'm talking about and whether you can relate to actually doing any of these things or similar things in your relationship. So the first example is that controlling behaviour involves things like making a decision on his behalf. Many of us feel if he would just do what we tell him to do or want him to do, things would be so much easier, wouldn't they? (laughs) And you know what? What he hears when you're doing this is that that he's not got the skills or the intellect to make that decision on his own. Not great. (laughs) Another example. um, When you look at him with either scorn or contempt, and what he's feeling or seeing at that moment is, is that you disapprove of him in some way. And you're also treating him as though he's stupid. You know, he'll always um, feel that that's what is coming across to him. Another example is criticising him on his way of doing something, such as the previous example I mentioned around the dishwasher. Uh, and what he hears, you know, when you're criticising is that he's not capable And that he can't do anything right. Uh, Another example is redoing what he's already done and doing it in your own way. And when we change something that he's done so that it gets done in inverted commas the right or correct way, what, what is the message that he receives? Well, what message he receives in that context is that he's wrong or he's incompetent. Another example is telling him how to do things using statements like, I would, blah, 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 or if I were you, I'd, blah, blah, blah. And all those statements sound like to him and come across to him like you're somehow superior to him. And what he hears is, my way is right and your way is wrong. So what else uh, is an example? Talking on his behalf without his consent by explaining what he meant to say or or answering for him. And what he hears in that context is, is again, he's not capable or he's not clever enough to answer for himself uh, or make himself understood or he's not capable of being able to solve anything. Another example I've just thought of is um, if you ask any questions with a scornful voice, Such as, are you really going out dressed like that? (laughs) Oh, gosh. Or, are you really going to eat that with your fingers? Oh, dear. Uh, Again, what he hears is that he's wrong. (laughs) So men are very sensitive to our tones of voice. They're very sensitive um, to really the way you say things. And offering unsolicited 
in inverted commas, helpful suggestions um, are things that we do. And we rationalize this by saying that we're just trying to help. But the result is that he will feel like you're judging him and that he's not capable or intelligent enough to do it for himself. And all of this results in disconnection and him pulling away and leads to, as I say, this being a key thing as to why we call passion and intimacy in our relationships. So my hope is that by sharing these examples, you can now understand why he would feel insulted and disrespected by these controlling behaviours and why it would lead to less passion and intimacy. And I really want to emphasise again that it's not your fault if the, if after hearing this episode, you recognise yourself as being a controlling woman Many of you will have had no idea that you've been living in this masculine energy state simply because it's become the norm for you. So don't beat yourself up about it. Just be, I suppose, open minded to the fact and more aware that that's what's been happening. And really, I suppose, start living a bit more consciously and and think thinking more before before you speak. So I hope that's been quite useful in identifying whether you have or you haven't been controlling either in the past or or currently. I'm, I'm just going to leave it there for this particular episode because I think that's there's more than enough in there for you to, to think about and to contemplate on. So until the next time, remember that true love starts with opening our hearts. Thank you for listening. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.